All right. Welcome back, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well. Listen, I want to first apologize. It's been a minute. Um, haven't really re uh, released an episode in a little bit just because, you know, I'm, I'm back on the bag. Um, and it's, you know, I'll be honest, I'm on a nut right now. Uh, had a kid get hit <laughs> last week. Um, I got two going up this week. I got a retest for tomorrow. And then I got a couple of other ones that I'm trying to get through the, uh, you know, the rigmarole. So definitely being back on the bag is causing a little ripple in the uh, podcast. Um, but I'm trying to keep it, you know, going as more of, I'll be real, it's more of a health, uh, mental health thing for myself than it is for anybody else. I love that I get, you know, people reach out and say thank you for the episodes. And I love that I'm helping other people, but it's a huge thing for me. Um, just especially being back on the duty, like, okay, what, what, what can I do with these episodes? And, and, you know, I'm talking to myself now, now that I'm back on the duty, I'm taking in different things and, you know, learning about different avenues. Cause it, it is a little different. Uh, I don't think it's that different, but it definitely is. So tonight I have staff Sergeant Dutton with us, 8412, um, to back again, um, to discuss culture, um, and a couple of other different topics as well. Um, but the main focus here is going to be culture, um, many different types of culture, um, recruiting duty, well, veterans. Uh, we'll talk about a whole different things, but the main topic is going to be culture um, and we'll get right into it. So Sassar and Dutton, what's going on, brother? Introduce yourself again and then we'll hop right into the topic of discussion, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you, brother. As always, man, you got a great you got a great podcast here, man. I think that's um I think a lot of people appreciate it, right? Because it kind of it just gets down to the nuts and bolts. It keeps it real with yeah. with the audience. With and audiences, the Marines, right? It's the recruiters. It's the the you know the veteran guys. It's people who want to stay connected. So I uh, definitely appreciate that. And for everybody who's who's listening in or watching, um, eighty four twelve assistant recruiter instructor down in um, RS Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. right now. So rocking and rolling down there and having a, a good time training Marines and. Just trying to keep everyone, you know, with the with the axes as sharp as possible, right? And I think the last time we spoke, uh, I was still a station commander at the one and five. Yes, yeah. Level. I was just gonna say, hold up, Sta a staff yeah. sergeant as an ARI, man. I'm I'm loving this. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely, <laughs> it, you know, it's definitely uh, unique to Fort Lauderdale, man, because it's it's a winning culture down there, and I think that there's a way of doing business that they're very accustomed to, but uh, I made some waves. You know what I mean? I made some waves, and, and I'm not going to apologize for it, and. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure that I could demonstrate value. And I think that when the command sees, like, you know, this guy might know a thing or two about about sales, right? I mean, I might not know shit about, like, and, you know, a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I, I know I know about communicating with people. So, um, you know, it worked out, and that's where I'm at, yeah. Nice. And, it, you know, and it's something that we talked about before we hopped on here, and I think that's just a good segue right into it, right, yeah. is – you know, before I got back on recruiting duty, I was uh, a recruiter for two colleges. And so I did my four years in recruiting Then I got out for a little bit, did the reserve thing again. And then I worked for two different colleges and I was a recruiter for them. And, and we were just talking before we got on about, you know, it's I'll be honest, man, I, I, I hate it. I hate when people come at like these Instagram posts and they're like, oh, you're just a salesman. You're just a salesman. And I, and I want to be like, there's a lot of stuff that I refrain from saying um, because we have to be professional. Right. Of course. Of course. And but it's like, you know, it, I'll be real. I, it hurts me. It does. It really hurts me when people say that, because especially myself, like, bro, I chose to come out on recruiting not once, but twice. I voluntarily did this two times. I voluntarily am not at home with my wife and kids at night, missing dinner 
so that I can sit down at your house when it's available to your family. You know what I mean? So when people right. say that about Marine Corps recruiters or recruiters in general, and, you know, a lot of times me and you were talking about this last week, like all the negative comments on Instagram and stuff, and it's like, oh, you're just a used car salesman. And it's like, and everyone keeps commenting on the reels that I'm making. And I'm like, one thing I always say is that, like, you're saying that I'm a used car salesman, but if you listen to what I'm saying, it's just common sense. Like, right. nothing that I say is anything that's not common sense like and that's why everyone thinks that like i'm being disrespectful or like my the way that i mean to say it and and, and it's like i was telling my wife the other night i was like listen if i say something and you take it that way that's you on you like that's your interpretation of it like yeah, yeah. you know well, what i mean, mean? And, you're you're a northeast guy man you're up in the northeast yeah, man and so yeah. it's, like, it's a different culture out there yeah like, and that's what yeah but, and that's what i'm saying but it's like but like, but what, but that's what kills me though. Right. And, and, and that's why it's like, you know, and I try to explain on the phone with these parents, man, like, you know, oh, you're not, you know, my son's not interested. Right. And immediately I'm like, listen, ma'am, I'm a father too. I got three of my own. Like, you know, I just want to educate your son or daughter on the opportunity. Nothing more, nothing less. And, you know, but I, but I think that when it comes to the mental health part of recruiting duty, I think a lot of people don't realize that and they don't take a step. To, they don't take a moment to think back about it. Like you have to think about the recruiter on the street. They get hung up on all day long. They get hung up on, they get yelled at, they get screamed at, they get called all these names all day long. They, you're not, you're not going to contact my kid. You're not going to talk to my kid. You might not my kid, not my kid. And it's just like, and I'll tell parents that, like, when I have a lovely mother on the phone, yeah. I'll always be like, ma'am, you know, thank you so much for not cursing me out. And she'll be like, what do you mean? I'm like, ma'am, I've already gotten 15 FUs this morning. I've already... <laughs> And she'll be like, really? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and you know what followed the FU? Thank you for your service. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, but, but talking about that, man, it's like, you know, people don't understand it's, and it's like you said, man, it's like, you know, we get told that every day, oh, you're a used car salesman, recruiters don't care about our fam about people and this, this, and the third. And it's like, and I tell people at all time, I'm like, bro, if that's the case, and if that was your, the way that you were treated, I, I'm sorry about that. Like, I really am. Like, if that's how your recruiter did you, ah, I'm sorry about that. That's not how your experience should have Think been. Think about what you just said, though. Yeah. What you just said was, if that's not how your recruiter treated you. And what I want to note there is that the majority of our pain that we're getting as recruiters on, you know, social media or whatever, it's coming from veterans. It's coming from oh, yeah. Dude, other Marines, right? And bro. so I want to give I want to give a shout out to um, to Meech Speaks actually. Like I yeah. follow his page. I yeah. got a lot of love for that dude. Meech. He posted something. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you know, we we do twenty one push ups for our brothers and blah blah blah. But we sit here chopping people down. And like we sit here, we got so yep. more policy. But and you know what? Like the the thing that kills me is it's usually our own people that are doing that. And oh yeah. You know what's crazy 100%. to me? Like here's the reality of the situation, right? Like. Mm -hmm. Number one, there's a lot to unpack here. So let's just start with number one, which is, yeah, we do sell, right? Like, it's a, it's a fact. Yes, we're selling. Like, the Marine Corps, if you've never been a recruiter, you'll learn a, a sales package called MC3, which is Effective Communication and Consultative Selling Skills. That's what it yeah, is. And, yeah. and we do sell. Now, the question is, well, why are we selling? Well, number one, patriotism is at an all-time low. And number two, even if patriotism wasn't at an all-time low, 
there's a lot of opportunities for people in the world. And so like not everybody's going to want to do it, but in order to keep the security of the nation, there has to be a military. And not only that, but there has to be a United States Marine Corps. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to learn to communicate in a way that incentivizes people and shows them why mm-hmm. this is more beneficial than yeah. something else. Yeah. So that's called selling, right? Yeah. We sell to our wives every day. Yep. We sell to our kids. Yep. We sell to the freaking guy we're trying to get a discount mm-hmm. from. Like we're constantly selling. Yeah, and that's so- that's life, bro. It's bro, our kids sell us. My my son, my son's like, well, dad, you know, what if we did this instead of this so I could get this? Like, right. and he's five, bro. Like, yeah. and and it's like, but like the the thing that I want to point out is like I, I hate the word sell, but right, especially in this profession. Um because I always try to explain that to people. Like, I don't want to sell you on something. If I sell you something, then you can return it. You can go to the store with a receipt and return it. I don't want to sell you. And that's why I always tell people, like, when they're like, oh, you're really good at your job. You're really good at sales. I'm like, bro, nothing that I'm saying is astronomically crazy here. Like, I'm not talking about some crazy a- algorithm. Like, I'm just speaking from factual data and things that are realistic and from people that I know that are successful. But to point out what you said, everybody that like, if you look at my, the reels that I've been making, everybody who's made a negative comment is a veteran who's like, well, I couldn't use TA. I couldn't use tele. I couldn't do this. And I couldn't do that. Back in my day. Yeah. Back in my day. And I'm just like, and I had bro the other day, I had this woman um, on the phone, no, so I had this kid on the phone. I got his friend. His uh, friend came in the office. He was he was an East failure, um, but I, I I built rapport with him. Kept the you know kept him in the working file. Yeah, sure. And I was like, hey man, do you know anybody that you think would be interested? He's like, actually, I know so and so. And I was like, oh tight man, let me get his number. I'm call him. So I called so and so, and so and so answers. And he's like, yeah, I've actually I've always thought about it. He's like, but my parents won't let me. I was like, tell me more. Why not? He's like, well, you know, I actually want to be a marine. But my grandfather was a Marine and my grandfather was a Marine back in Vietnam. And he all he tell, he says, don't join the Marine Corps. Don't join the Marine Corps because you can't use this and you can't do that. And you can't do that. And I was like, OK, so I, I pack him out and then I keep building, talking to him. And I'm like, let me ask you this question, man. I'm like, you, you drive a car? He's like, I do. And I was like, well, what year is it? He's like, oh, it's 2023. I was like, OK. I was like, your grandfather. I was like, if you were going to the shop for a brand new 2023 car, would you ask him about his experience in a 1970 Chrysler? Mm. Well, no. Why would I? Exactly. I'm like, listen, bro, this is not to negate your grandfather's service, but your grandfather's service and time in the Marine Corps was a long time ago. I was like, in his time, there wasn't that many African-American or, you know, people in the military. There wasn't a lot of military women. I'm like, there wasn't a female sergeant major in the Marine Corps. I'm like, but there is now. I was like, look at where the Marine Corps is now as compared to where we were in Vietnam. I was like, during Vietnam, we were focused on wars. We were focused on this. We were focused on this. I was like, the Marine Corps has has gone further beyond any means that your grandfather could have ever imagined at that time. And your grandfather... Uh, doesn't understand not to say he's stupid but your grandfather right. doesn't understand today's marine corps right and 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 he has this idea of the old marine corps so i'm like bro so bro so so listen so he's like okay okay yeah and and i'm like all right well hey man it was like like 9 a.m i was like all right bro well hey 
um, you know, I'd love to have you come in the office and sit down with me. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll get the address. I'm on my way. So then immediately I was like, hold on. He's 17. Okay. And he's a rising senior. So immediately I was like, hey, listen, man, you know what? I want to make sure that we do this the right way. I was like, you know, let me get mom's number. Um, let me call her and make sure that it's okay that you come to the office by yourself because I don't, I don't want, especially if your grandfather feels this way, I'm sure that maybe mom might feel the same way. So let me get a hold of mom and let me find out how she feels about you coming in the office. He's like, all right, cool. So he gives me mom's number. Call mom. Mom answers the phone. Hello, who is this? I'm like, hi, ma'am. Is this, uh, I think her name was Kim. I was like, hi, is this Kim? She's like, I, yes, this is Kim. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, is this so-and-so's mom? She's like, it is. I was like, oh, all right. This is Sergeant Bennett with the Marines. Oh, hell no. Nope, <laughs> nope, not happening. My father's a Marine. I'm not doing this right now. My son is not coming to your office. No, it's not okay he's coming to your office. He will not be coming to your office. Do you understand me? And she's like, all right. And in the background, you can hear her telling her daughter, like, oh, all right, hurry up, get in the car. And she's like, yeah, no, my son will not be joining the Marine Corps. Do not call me again. And I was like, well, ma'am, can I follow up with you at a later time? She was like, no. Click. And I was like, bro. Yeah. And well, that's and, and that's what it is, man. But he, here's the thing, right? Like, she, what she doesn't understand is, that, again, like, just like you said, the Marine Corps is a different place. It's a different time. Is it? And you know what the funny thing about it is? It's like these individuals, these, these young you know, the stats are out there, right? Like there's so many supportive jobs in the Marine Corps, so many careers that, that they don't necessarily, ain't going to be GI Joe. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing about that is like, you know, there's a lot of Marines out here who don't deploy or they don't, you know, do a lot of these other things. Like everyone's not an O three. Yeah. Everyone's not doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so there's a lot of opportunities for these young people. Not right. Not everybody's Benny, right? Nobody's sitting on the car all the time. Yeah. Not everybody's like, you know, and I got so much respect for like a lot of my mentors, man, they're like legitimate fucking heroes. Like I, I had um, great, great guy. He's a gunnery sergeant. He's a recruiter, eighty four twelve. He's about to retire. I love this dude like so much, man. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, you got you got a lot of names, Dutton. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, recruiting shit, whatever. And he's like, you know, the first time I got a nam is because I killed four people with an M two or three grenade launcher, and I finally earned a nam. And I was like, God damn, right? Golly. But you know what the funny? You know what the funny thing about that guy is, though. You know when he messages me or he talks to me or he hits my, you know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say you're a fucking boo. He doesn't say, Bro. oh, you never deploy. He never said all these things. Bro. And you know what? Like, it's I'm gonna so... keep it straight. I'm gonna yeah, keep it straight. Yeah. Like. When I started my career, man, the recruiter had freaking dollar signs in his eyes. You know why? Because he came to sign PC. My mom's crying at the table. She's like, oh, my God, he's a musician. He plays music. I don't want him to be a Marine. This dude looked at me like I was a made of gold, man. Me op contract like that. Yeah, yeah. So I spent my first four years in the Marine band, which is where I did a lot of my traveling. And you know what? I did never do a, a combat deployment. But yeah. the truth is most Marines don't this day yeah, and age. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not uncommon. And so... Yeah. When you see these people and they're just dogging Marines, I mean, if you look at the statistics of it, 10% of the Marine Corps, 10% of the armed services, I should say, have seen combat deployments. Like, not just deployments, yeah. but combat deployments. Because it's one mm -hmm. thing, like, I got deployed. Well, guess what, bro? Like, how many people get deployed and just sit in freaking, you know, uh, yeah. wherever and not do shit? Like, you don't yeah. even hear a shot fired. Yeah. So yeah. we got to be really careful here because what people do is they generalize things and they make it seem like, oh, you're not a Marine unless you've done yeah. what I did. Yeah, your and service doesn't count. Your what about service all doesn't these? Matter, yeah. Look, when you get orders, 
and the Marine Corps gives you orders, you follow the orders. Well, guess what? You follow those orders. That's all that matters, man. Yeah, Whatever exactly. the Marine Corps told you to yeah. do. And so there's a lot of people right now that have a lot to say that are no longer in the Marine Corps. And one of the big things that the Marine Corps is having issues with right now is retention. And so you're telling me that I'm a bad Marine or you tell me that this guy doesn't deserve it, that admin guy or this guy or supplier or whatever, because they haven't done an overseas combat deployment. Well, you know, the truth is, man, you got out of the Marine Corps after four or five years and you're sitting here saying how, how big of a you know, hot shot you are when you should have stayed in because if you're such a good NCO, this is where you need to be. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, bro, it's the, it is, bro. It's the best, man. Cause it's like, and these are the comments. These are the comments from people like, oh, you're a shit leader. You're a shit leader. Okay. Well, then why didn't you stay into it? It's because of shit leaders like you that I didn't stay in. It's like, bro. And this is what kills me, right? Because there are some people that I have, you know, that listen to this podcast that are not enlisted. They're people who may be enlisting or stuff like that. So if you're somebody who's not currently in the Marine Corps and thinking about it, understand this. There's a lot of people who get uh, – hold on. I'm a, I'm a reservist, okay? So in my 14 years, I've been able to – and this is why I get agitated when Marines say this. Oh, that's not how it is in the civilian world. Stop right now. <laughs> I've been a reservist for 14 years. I have had multiple civilian careers, which means that I have had multiple people who are in seniority over me. I've had a lot of leaders. Right. Why do I say that? Because at the college that I worked for, my boss, she would want us at the office Monday through Friday. Guess where she wasn't? At the office, the office yeah. she would say, oh, you know, and this is when we were during COVID and we could work virtually. We were only allowed to work virtually if we had to. For some reason, it was always convenient to her that she could work virtually. So now, mind you, this is the civilian world, not the Marine Corps. Did I have a bad leader? Yes. Did I do something about it? Yes. I went and spoke to her on behalf of me and all my employee and fellow employees. And I was like, hey, Lauren. What you're doing is not okay. This is what this is not okay that you're allowing yourself to do this, but we cannot. And the thing that uh, irks me is that when people who are getting out are like, oh, the civilian world is going to be so much better. It's like, yeah. no, bro, everybody's got a boss. Unless right. you are the CEO of a company, you still, and even then, you still got somebody to answer to. You're paying taxes, whatever it is. There's always somebody that you're going to not get along with, and there's someone that's going to tell you what to do. But back to your point, we are in the Marine Corps. We are not the ones who've decided whether we're going to deploy, whether we're going to get shot at. Whether I we're love it, deploy. man. Thank you. Like, Thank you. Like, we, like, when's the last time I told a Marine Corps yeah, that I like, want to do that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> when, when did you say, you know what? Hey, I'm – like, it's like, when are you talking about? Like, everybody in their mother is sitting here saying that. And it's like, oh, when I get out, of, oh, I got out of the Marine Corps, and the, it's the whole. It's like the Marine Corps did this to me. No, and that's why, like, when I do my interviews, yeah, one of the biggest things. The other day, I had this young man sit down with me, um, and talking about culture. Right, this young man, his first benefit tag was financial stability. Okay, and the, and I was talking to him about it, and but I always insinuate this. I always insinuate this because I get this all the time on Instagram. I told, I said to him. I cannot guarantee you financial success. Mm. I can guarantee you a paycheck on the 1st and the 15th. I can guarantee you that you'll learn how to save money and how to, you know, different tactics and stuff like that. I can guarantee you that you'll have mentors like Staff Sergeant Dutton or like 
Master Gunny Patriakis, who can talk to you through the VA process and the home loan process. That I can make that that's going to happen, but right. I can't control your spending habits. So it's if so you funny, get man. so if like, you get out of the Marine Corps in four years and you're broke and right. you didn't have a plan, that's not on me. Yo, that's not on nobody. I literally, I literally posted a video about that today, man. Like, um, it was actually a re repost because I posted it a long time ago, but my page is kind of doing well, so I put it back out there. And you know, it, it was it literally just said exactly what you just said. You know, like. I can, there's no guarantees here, like in a sense of like, you know, well, oh, how yeah, can you I like guarantee, like, I like that. You know, idea. what I can guarantee you is that if you never give up on yourself, you can do it, right? Like, you can be anything you want to be. I, I can guarantee you that much. And so you're 100% right. And, 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 and a lot of people, they get out of the Marine Corps, they got such a bad taste in their mouth. But look, the truth is, my first four years in the Marine Corps, it was horrible. It was like, like, but again, I was in the Marine Corps band. I hated the band. It was a mistake. Like, you know, I, don't get me wrong. For a lot of people, it was great. My, my mindset, who I am, it wasn't for me. And so, you know, I was trying to do everything I could to get out of it. But like, the truth is, that's where I was. And so I did not do well there. I got in trouble a lot. The Marines that were there were not in the same mindset as me. I, I got, I just got in trouble. And so it had I gotten out after that four years, yeah. I would have been like, dude, the Marine Corps sucked. It yeah. wasn't great. You know, the, the leaders were bad, blah, blah, blah. I didn't save any money. I got stationed in Hawaii. It was my first duty station. And so, like, when I talk about me traveling, like, I went to Guam and New Zealand and Australia and Palau, yeah. like, all these places. And so, like, you know, like, I, I spent my money like a madman. And, like, I was making BAH at the time. It was like, I was a corporal. I was making, like, three grand in BAH on top of my, I was, I was doing good, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I spent every single dime of it. So, exactly. had I gotten out, Exactly. Guess what? Guess what? I would have been that guy. Yeah. That would have been like the Marine Corps did this to me. And my yeah. recruiter lied to me. And that's the thing about it. And that's why when, when people make these comments, I'm like, bro, first of all, you did one enlistment. You got out when you were 21 and 22. Most of the time, this is the first time you ever knew what it felt like to have money in your pocket. So you when people were telling you, don't go buy this car. And like and that's the thing about it is like Marines get mad at the sergeant major who gives a class on don't go do this. Bro, we, we give those classes because you're gonna do it, right? Like, e e it happens even even when you get the class, you still go and do it. Right. And it's like, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, I was telling this young man, I was like, listen, man, these are the roads that you can take, these are the things that you can do. But in four years, and I told him, I said, bro, I've been recruiting for about six years altogether. I was like, I have Marines who did four years who got out and are working for Homeland Security, and I have Marines that got out and just got a job at – one of my guys just got a job at J.P. Morgan and Chase. Yep. He graduated – he got out of the Marine Corps as a sergeant, did four years. He finished his batch. He finished all the way. He out, Getting out of the Marine Corps, he only needed like two more semesters. So yep. And he was 0311. So when he got out of the Marine Corps, he already hooked up with Seton Hall in New Jersey. He finished his last two semesters, graduated – at Seton Hall with his bachelor's degree in accounting and finance and then had a job with Merrill Lynch, but he didn't like it there. So then he left and got a job at JC, uh, JP Morgan at Chase. And now he's 23 years old and he's a financial consultant at JP Morgan and Chase. Yeah, man. And so and, like, the other thing to think about too, is not only just the guys that get out, but it's like how many people go in there and say, Oh, my recruiters, the recruiters are liars or this or that. Like bro, every, I, I, so me personally, right. 
me personally as a recruiter on the streets, I was only a recruiter for 11 months. I contracted 36 people in 11 months by myself. You can check the stats, it's there, right? And it's, yeah. like, it's pretty good, a good amount of people. Yeah. Yeah. And so every single one of those kids, I gave them the tools that we're talking about here. Yeah. And like, I never fucking bullshitted them, you know, excuse my language, but I never yeah. led them down like a, like a pipe dream. I'll, I'll use an example, I won't use their names, but there's two Marines that I made. They were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time of, of them depping in. And, you know, I told them how, you know, they could work together. First, it was just him. And then, you know, she became the picture. I was like, look, you guys can join, get married, get a house, like live the life, blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, literally right now, he's like an Intel guy. He's up in North Carolina. His wife, I think she's a supply or something, but in North Carolina. Yeah. They're doing well. They're together. Yeah. They're exactly what I Bro, told them would yes. be. It's there. Bro, I like, have to, the same thing. I have like eight. Yeah. Aiden Haynes, right? This kid, little yeah. kid. He's a homeless man. Like, you know, he yeah. didn't have no opportunity in his life. Bro, and, and he's like, yo, I want to work on planes. I want to yeah. be, I, I want to get in an airplane. Dude's flight crew right now. He's yeah. doing well. Now, like, I I kept my promise yeah. to these kids. Bro, there was, know? bro, there was a young man, uh, Mustafa is his first name. I forget his last name. But I met this kid when he was a freshman in high school. AC'd him and I found out he was a freshman, so I put him in the lead, you know, in the, as a lead. And um, years later, I lost track of him. Like, I would see him every year at the job, at the school, and I lost track of him. And I was like, damn, like, because he had this, um, this scar from here down to here. He had like a heart surgery, like some crazy shit. And I was like, bro, I'm going to be real with you. I was a young sergeant. I didn't know much about the BUMED process and all that. I was like, bro, I don't know if you can get in the Marine Corps with that. Like, yeah. But, like, right now you're a, you're a freshman, so that's something we got to talk about, you know, whatever. So four years go by, and um, I don't see him anymore. It's time for him to be a senior, but I don't, I don't see him no more. So I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. Like, you know, I, you know, I wish I could have helped the young man out, right? So then uh, it's nearing the end of my tour. And I see an Instagram post from a buddy of mine, Gunny Holston, and he's arm in arm with this guy who's big as shit. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, that's not Mustafa. <laughs> he, Mustafa moved to Essex, I think it was, which was like an hour away from us, switched high schools, met his recruiter. They put the Bumed through. He's a sergeant in the Marine Corps now. And this kid's only dream in life was to be a Marine. And, yeah. and and it's like, and that's why it's like when people are like, recruiters are the worst of the worst. I'm just like, bro, stop. And then you have people who comment on these reels and they're like, oh, you know, you're going to go in with this and you're going to get a, you're going to get an open contract. Devil dog, you sign the contract. It's not like all of a sudden it just happened and you had no clue. <laughs> like, like, will you stop with this? Yeah, man. You know, yeah, man. Like, you know, it's. it's oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, it's so. It's just listening to these people. And then it's like, oh, like, you know, so and so became homeless or so and so became this. And it's like, dude, I, I, I don't understand how, like, we don't recognize that there's people that have thousands of dollars in debt that, claim bankruptcy and become homeless yeah. like and and also not listen i'm not saying that there is not homeless veterans but we also got to understand something too when someone says hey i'm a homeless veteran do we go hey let me see your dd214 right 
No, we don't. So we don't no. know where, where they're coming exactly. from. Exactly. There's a guy. You know, it's so funny. He said, I'm leaving the RS, right? I'm like rolling down, going to Chick-fil-A to get some chow. And at the stop sign, there's a guy, sign, homeless fed. He's wearing like the like camo pants, yeah. you know? And uh, he sees me in the car. I'm wearing my dress, blue deltas. And he literally like looks at me and like kind of like tries to avoid the car because, and I don't know, maybe he like has trauma with Marine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. He said it was a Marine, USMC, this, that. I think it was just really the fact that he knew I might ask him something and maybe catch his bluff. I don't yeah. know. I would, I would have done that, but yeah, you know, but no, you know, 100%. Dude, it's so true. Like especially in the tri-state area, yeah, bro. We, I, I run into people all the time that are quote unquote homeless veterans, and like so. There's this guy that's just happened, and I don't know how. This is the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. It was so freaking awkward. It was like the most awkward moment of my life. So I'm ACing in quick, quick Check in Lakewood, New Jersey, okay? And I'm talking to this kid. This is when I first got back on the bag back in May. And I'm talking to this kid, set an appointment. Cool, kid's going to come in. And this guy comes walking over to me. He's got hand tattoos, neck tattoos. And he, like, he looked older and, like, kind of gangly. Yeah. And, and he's like, hey, he's like, yo, well, he's like, I was in the Marine Corps. And he opens up this wallet and he pulls out this coin and he's like, yeah, you know, I got this coin from when I was in Afghanistan. And it said, like, Camp Leatherneck on it. Like, <laughs> it wasn't nothing cool. Like, you could tell that it was something that, like you could have found, right? So I start talking to him, right? I'm engaging him, right? Because immediately I was like, okay, I'm trying to set this appointment with this young dude. And now I'm talking to him about financial success. And now there's this quote-unquote Marine that's working at the same gas station that I'm trying to get him to realize this is not where he needs to be. So now I'm like, okay. So now this is causing disinterest. I'm like, all right. So I start talking to the guy um, and try to find out what's going on with him. And then he goes, oh, do you know my buddy, Eddie? And you know how this happens. Every Marine, like, oh, yeah, we all know. Yeah, of course. I know every Marine. So he's like, he's like, yo, do you know my boy, Eddie? And I'm like, Eddie, what? And he's like, Soto. I'm like, I'm like, Eddie Soto? I'm like, bro, I deployed to Afghanistan with Eddie. Like, that's my dude. Like, bro, like, Eddie's the dude that, like. I joined the Marine Corps. I get to my first unit. Eddie drives me home, brings me to dinner, like best friends with Eddie. Like Eddie, Eddie Soto, like that's my dude. He was my senior Lance Corporal. Like, that's my dude. Right. And he and so immediately he's like, Oh, that's my cousin. Like that. And I'm like, yo, no shit. I'm like, that's my like I that, Eddie's my dude. So I that. keep saying that. He's like, now nah, you're playing with me. I'm like, no, like for real. So I take my phone out and I FaceTime Eddie. As soon as Eddie face come up, he's like, yo, I got to go. And he just books it. And I was like, ho, I was Whoa. like, and my boy Eddie was like, yo, what are you doing? He was like, Why, what's up, man? How you been? And he was, he's a landscaper and, and shit. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yo, I'm like, cause before, before I called him, I was like, yo, he got a, he got that Bam Margera star tattoo with the heart and everything. He's like, yeah. So I FaceTime him. As soon as I FaceTime him and he answers, the dude darts off. Right. And I start telling Eddie about him. And I'm like, yo, this dude works at Quick Check. He's saying he's your cousin. And his name is, I read his name tag. He's like, bro, I ain't got no cousin by that name. I don't know who, why he's saying he knows me because I don't know who the hell he is. But yeah. like, that's my point, though, is yeah. that anybody can say that they were a veteran of any branch. And we don't know that for fact. Right. And and it's like, and again, it's not to negate that there isn't homeless veteran crisis, right? I'm not saying that. Yeah. But 
but there's also homeless it people. It goes back to what you were saying initially, which is like, if you're not doing the things that need to be yeah. done, you could catch But, you know, we, we choose to ignore... We choose to ignore all the successful service members. Like we choose yeah. to ignore that. Like, yeah. It's just not a, because here's the thing, man. Like it's like, you, bro. There's like, there's I don't know. there's unsuccessful people all over the Everywhere. world in every profession. So, every profession, bro. You, you know, like when you think about the military, for example, right? Like we all heard the statistic. You know, S and P five hundred, uh, one hundred sixty three of those CEOs were United States Marines or whatever. Yeah. In reality, like seventy percent of those CEOs were service members. So, like, like seventy percent of them, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so, you, we gotta keep, we gotta keep, and that, that that that's just like talking about like the top, top, top of these guys. But we're not even really hitting on the just the mom and dad that, yeah. that live a good life in the suburbs and they got you know. Dude, I don't. Like, how many times have you ran into like I'm in I'm in Jersey. I don't know how many times I run into businesses. That they're like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a marine, or oh this like this place, oh I'm a marine, oh this place, right. I'm a marine. My dad's a marine. The there's a guy, Jim Curly Kia. He's one of the biggest car dealerships in New Jersey. He's a marine. His right. two sons, both captains, Purple Heart recipients, and himself. And it's like, and that's the thing about it is that like, I personally can say that I don't know one single veteran that's not successful. Every veteran that I know. And in the podcast, I have 2,000 listeners that are mostly veterans. Every podcast, every person that I personally know is a successful business owner, entrepreneur, firefighter, law enforcement, lawyer, doctors, FBI, everything. Well, the people that aren't successful, man, those are the people that didn't get out honorably, the people that had the failure to adapt, and the people that, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, and you can get out of Marine Corps after four years and maybe not save money, but like, you know, the thing. The thing I love about the Marine Corps and the thing that all of us share, at least for the most part, whether you're an infantry guy, you're a band guy, you're the admin guy, you're this guy, that guy, the thing that the Marine Corps does to a person is it builds a mindset, right? It builds a mindset that will not allow you to fail, right? Yeah, and, and, it's so true. It's like, it's like you're willing to go, and that's what boot, that's like the seed boot camp starts, and it just gets like sewn deeper throughout mm-hmm. your time in the Marine Corps, where you're going to face different challenges. Like, let's take recruiting duty for an example. It's an impossible challenge. Yeah. It's extremely difficult. And people don't get it. Like, if you've never, I'm just going to put it on the podcast here. If you've never recruited somebody to be in the Marine Corps, do not run your mouth about it. Like, you can't. Because there are people yeah, yeah. out here, I would say, I, I don't know the stats, and that's my opinion, but I, I would say that I think that the amount of people who are going to the psych ward or going to, you know, just having alcoholism or these problems or that problem from recruiting duty would probably be equal to many of the 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 the, the Marines who 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 were overseas. Like they this is an extremely stressful duty and it destroys people and their families. Yeah. And so but it's just because of the one factor where Marines just simply will not accept failure. So they will go to any length yeah. to make the but, mission. <laughs> you know what though that, that brings us to what we were originally gonna be talking about was culture. Um, I think that 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 brings a very good point, and and there's something that I, I if you're a station commander, I'll, I'm not one right now. Hopefully soon I will be. I don't know when. Hey, but, um, good things are coming your way, man. <laughs> but um, but listen, if you're a station commander or one day will be, you you got to be careful, right, with, with what you're saying because you ha- you're right. There's Marines that have that never quit mindset, and then even when they write a four, instead of going home, they're still working. And there's going to come a time where you as a station commander or an A gunner or even just as another Marine in the office, take that Marine's laptop 
take his cell phone away and say, go home. Show him the door. Because if you You don't, if you don't, that Marine is going to burn out. And then, and it's not even about contracts at this point. This is just about culture and well-being of life. Yeah. If a Marine is writing at the cyclic rate and they're and because because let's be honest, once you start winning and you are someone who was failing and you start winning, you love the feeling of it. People are talking about you. The command members are talking right. about you. Now R&R, you're not that, now you're not that guy that was on a one. You're the guy who wrote a four and you're you're like, oh, my God, like, yeah, I like this. But then all of a sudden you start to look around and your kids are missing you at night. Your kids aren't. <laughs> You know, you're not seeing them as often and you're getting all these awards. And I'm speaking from this from experience because I wrote eight bats. I was a very successful recruiter. I had a, I ended my tour, I think, with like a two point three or something like that as a recruiter. And then as a station yeah. commander, very nice. you know, I, I was doing good as a regret. And the reason why I bring all this up and I told this to a Marine in the office, he wrote his first four. And after he wrote his for his fourth contract. I looked at him and I was like, why are you still here? Yeah. I was like, bro, go home. Yeah. I was like, go home. Like, go be with your family. Go enjoy your time with your family. Nah, bro. Nah, 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 nah. We didn't make mission yet. I got to go, bro. Well, because that, that's the kicker is, man. It's like they have this sense of like like duty because yeah. it, it, it comes down. So, two things here. Like, it, number one, it comes down to the office as a whole, right? It really, yeah. a lot falls on a station commander. You know, when I was at uh, RSS Margate and then I moved down to RSS Fort Lauderdale, like a lot falls on that station commander. That station commander needs to to navigate and train all of the Marines so that all of the Marines can produce because if all the Marines don't produce and it's just that one guy producing, he's going to feel that need to stay. Yeah. And so that's actually one of the reasons why I, I actually made the Instagram that I have right now. And it's like, the, the I, I'm the, that, that page is not for the the pulley or the person who wants to join the Marines. I think people get confused, like the civilians or the vets, they get confused. Like Dutton Mindset is designed for the Marine recruiter as as their ARI, right? Not their ARI, but in ARI and metric. Like I am just here yeah. to put out the same information that I'm giving to the Marines that I teach. Yes. And so then that way they can all become more effective. And you know, I will say yeah. this, like we're talking about the the guys in the comments, but one one thing I will appreciate is that for every one negative comment I get, I get about five to seven probably really positive, really <coughs> thank you staff sorry comments like DMs help me out with this. Can you yeah. you know? And I bro, love I'll be it. honest, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that you hit, I'm just like yo, I like that. I'm like bro, I never thought about that. But like, but what you're doing and what I'm doing, this is what needs to be done. Right is and you know and and I'm not gonna say who it was, but somebody had reached out to me and they were like, "Yo, we tried doing a like a Mickrick podcast and it didn't really work out," and and I was like, "Well, it's because it's not natural." Yeah. Like, no offense to whoever's listening, nobody wants to listen to people talk about doctrine. Right. Nobody wants to. No one on recruiting duty wants to say, "You know what? I'm gonna drive in the car and listen about MC3 skills." <laughs> no one says, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I'm going to listen to somebody talk about the volume one and how right. to do a Bumed. No right. one want. No, they want to have people talk about the struggles on the duty, the mental health. What can you do to help me cr- increase my C to C chain? 
Yeah. What are some things outside the box that's working for you in your AO? And that's the problem with what's not happening is yeah. that, and I've been saying this forever, is that there's things that are happening to you in Florida that haven't gotten to us yet. And there's things that have that are happening in Jersey that haven't made it to you yet. Yeah. And we're not having these conversations right. unless it's on here on the podcast. And that's why I created this is because there's so much stuff that maybe you know that nobody else knows. And there's so many different, like maybe there's something that you're doing in your AO that would work greatly in my area. Maybe there's something you're doing in this place that would work great in mine. And it's not until you get on Instagram or get onto a platform like this where, and that's what I've had. I've had so many people reach out to me that are like, bro, I've used that clothes this many times. They're like, dude, I was really struggling with this. And you said, so your guest said this. And they were like, I've been doing that ever since they said it. And it completely changed my outlook on everything. And thank you so much. Yeah. You know, I had a Sergeant Major, 27 year Sergeant Major, Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Major Cairo, um, Cairo, sorry. We're putting his son in the Marine Corps. Um, he walked in my office and he was like, Benny. I was like, yes. I had no idea that he knew who I was. <laughs> Um, and he was like, bro, I listen to your podcast all the time. He was like, my wife asked me what I was listening to. And she, and he said, um, not to misquote him, but he, he essentially said to his wife, I wish I had this when I was on recruiting duty. Yeah. And, and that's why, that's why we're here is to talk about the mental health and to talk about the culture. And that's what I think, if, you know, not saying anyone RS, but that I think is what's missing is that there's not culture in every state and every office there like when you walk into an office you can very well see if there's a winning culture and if what they're doing like i'm not a command member but i know that command members can walk in the office and immediately sense cohesion a loving office and culture you can walk in and feel it you can see if these marines really mess with each other and if they're all in together wanting to make mission you can walk yeah. in and see that from the moment you walk in and yeah. i think that's the biggest part of it is that it's hard to have a winning culture when people don't believe in what's going on um or believe in the mission you know what i mean yeah no 100 percent. and you know i'll tell you what like really you know we got we we have to do a better job as recruiters we have to do a better job at you know like the truth is how do I say this? The truth is, in in my experience, mm-hmm. egos are fragile, right? And I think that's a marine thing. We're all very alpha for the most part, at least we want to be. And I think that egos can be very fragile. And I think that, you know, like, it's very, very important to to just support each other, right? It's very, very important to, to be there and to, like, to, to, to be able to say that, you know, when, when you're right or when you're wrong or like to be able to assist or to not bring chop people down to not, you know, I, I've been trying this new thing where like, I've been trying this new thing where I really focus on just not saying bad things about people specifically. Right. And not talking shit because it's, it's just a bad habit, man. Yeah. We got to just support each other. And you know, like whether or not you're doing it on Instagram online, like, Look, that's how we communicate. That's how I communicate with guys like you. That's how I met you, right? Like, that's how we communicate with guys around the world. And so it's a way of communication. And we have to support that. We got to support it. Because, you know, uh, one thing I've learned, and 
no matter what you do, people are going to talk shit. That's the unfortunate reality. Bro, you you no want to matter what people bro. will say, oh, like eighty four twelves, like only care about themselves. Okay, I make a podcast that shows what, what works. Oh my god, yeah. look at this guy. He you know he sucks. He yeah. don't got this. He yeah. don't got that. You know, like he's oh my a fleet god. dodger. He right. doesn't oh, care about marines. He's not know, trying you, to lead them. It's always bro, something, man. Bro, I created an entire pot. Like, bro, I had somebody the other day uh, on the Facebook recruiting page, and this chick, I don't know her name. She's I don't I think she got out, but she always stays commenting and it's been like two years that she stays commenting. And then finally, she was like she commented on the status and it said, why are you still making these podcasts? You're not even in. She goes, you're not even in the Marine Corps. So I commented back and I was like, I've been in since 2009. I haven't gotten out and I just went on my second tour of recruiting voluntarily. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like you don't even know what you're talking about, yeah. and it's but it's it's insane that like you said, and and but what it is, man, is that like anybody who says what they feel, and and I said this to you before, I think it was you, like when you know it's crazy to me that people get so mad at eighty four twelves, and yet I, I you chose to stay here. And they complained and cried about it for three years on how horrible it was, and they would never do it again. But yet you chose to stay here. Yeah. And and it's like when people hear me want and say, I want to be an 8412, and they're like, oh, you're a fleet dodger. Oh, my God, I'm a reservist. I don't even know what the fleet is, to be honest. So, yeah, I guess so. But um, But no, but it's crazy to me. Like, you hate this duty so much that you're willing to lose your career and quit over it. And I'm saying, hey, you know what? I want to be an 8412, but I will I'm tell anybody. I will tell anybody out here watching this, like the fleet is significantly easier than than recruiting duty. You work way less hours. Everything is cheaper. You like like the average Marine, especially in the support elements. Like again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about infantry guys. Like I don't know much about what they do and their struggles. I, I, I don't want to sit here and do that that old, but. Like I know a lot of like the support guys and what I do know about those dudes is it's a very, very natural work yep. schedule, man. Like it's fucking 8 a.m. Like, before 30, dog. Maybe you got PT unless, Monday, Wednesday. Yeah. Like unless, dude, it's, unless you've got a phase mode coming up or uh, like my uh, boy, my boy, Gunny Dirky. yeah, like my boy, Gunny Durkee right now. He's a, he's a firefighter. He's crash fire rescue in the Marine Corps um, for the past six months. He's like, bro, I get three days on, three days off, three days on, three days off. I get weekend. He's like, I love it. But then guess what? All of a sudden, he has this big CGI inspection. And for the past two months, he's been working every single day. But he's like, bro, the rest of the other nine months of the year, I work on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. And it's like, but but again, like you said, and, and that's like, but but going back to the whole culture thing, I, I think that's the biggest thing that, that that's happening is that. You know, how do we create a winning culture? Right. And I think that is a big problem that you have in offices is that like you have this thing where, OK, we made mission. And and again, I'm not speaking about any specific one RSS or RS, but I, I've seen this and I've had friends, people tell me about this. Right. So you have an RS RSS that hasn't made mission in 10 months right. and or nine months or six months. Right. It's happening all across McRick. Sure. And. They come in and they make a mission for the first time. New station commander, new office, trying to create a winning culture. They make a mission. Instead of the instead of you rewarding them and saying, "Hey, go take time off," you say, "Hey, we got, but we're we're nine months behind. We got to get ahead." 
And now these Marines don't know what winning feels like. And now they're starting to get better, but now they don't understand what a winning cultures feel like. So the problem that you have is that you're continually trying to play catch up, but you're not creating a winning culture to understand what winning feels like. So if you continue to play catch up, but not focus on the actual win that you just won, then yeah. you're never going to create a culture that actually matters and so, is winning. What are your thoughts you, on that? Let me, let me tell you a story, Ben. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was at RSS Margate as a station commander there. So I was a recruiter there that I took over the office. When I was at RSS Margate, we, we did extremely well one year. I think it was FY20 or FY21. I can't remember exactly, but we did extremely well. I think we were like 160% on the car. Like we did great. It was a one of oh, Wow. Yeah, right? Like we we fucking killed it. And and I, those guys, like shout out to that team. Like those guys just, they they did, they they believed in me. And that's all it was. They believed in me. They, they followed me and we fucking won. And I'll tell you what. The RS, uh, they, they had asked me, I remember my RI came out to me and says, hey, Dutton, like, if I asked you to go to, to, to this other office, you know, for Lauderdale, like, would you be able to fix it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, like send me. Like, when do you want me to go? This is a Friday r and It's like, Monday. I'm like, sounds good. I'm in. So, like, yeah. effective that day, I was no longer the station commander of RSS Margate. I was now going to Fort Lauderdale. And so Fort Lauderdale was going through some tough times at that time. You know, they were down a little bit for the last like seven, eight months and, and they were having a really, really hard time at it. Um, and, you know, I, I love the station commander at the time. He's a great guy. He's just, he, I mean, that that right there, he, he was a great recruiter. He just was tired. And um, I don't blame him at all. And so like, he needed help. So I stepped in to help. And, you know, that month we had, um, we had zero for seven contracts or maybe it was one for seven contracts or something. There was like 11 days left in it, 11 processing days left, uh, eight, uh, maybe 10. I don't know. But anyway, we, we found those other seven contracts and we wrote them and we wrote those seven contracts fast and we made mission for the first time. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it, Benny. The team, they didn't know what it meant to win. Yeah. They were like, we, we made mission. I was like, Hey yeah. guys, we did it. Like it was crazy. We did it. They're like, they're like, we do what? Do what? And I'm like, dude, we made mission, man. Yeah. You know? And so like we we the next day was like a Friday. We we you know I'm like, hey, come in business casual. We're gonna go get breakfast. They're like, oh, breakfast. Like what? We went out family breakfast, day was over. We were done. We did some training and then we were done. And you know, like hold on, know. I, I want hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you to say that again. Yeah, so Friday we again. came we came in and we 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 got did some training for maybe two hours. We you know, I started teaching them the things that I, that worked yep. for me, and yep. we went to breakfast, and and we sat down as a family, man, and we ate, yeah. and we laughed, and we joked. And you and, showed them what it felt like to win, and yeah. then you said, "Hey, the day is over. Go home." Saturday we didn't back come to in. Work Sunday on Monday. we didn't come in. Back to work on Monday. Back to work on Monday. And see, this is what I never hold, worked, hold on one second. Hold I on never worked second. a Saturday in that office. Never. Yes. So hold on before we continue. This is what I'm saying. When you have a win. It is important to establish there has been a win, a win. If there is no establishment of said win, it's the little wins that slowly make up, right? When you have a failing office that's not producing NWAs, that's not – like, listen, I'm not even talking about contracts. I'm going to praise a win when I have an interview in the office. Yo, guys, yeah. let's go. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, yeah. we get an NWA. Yo, let's go. That's right. We got an NWA on the board. That's right. Next thing, contract, boom, we're moving, boom, alpha, boom. These are the little wins that begin to matter. Then That's we right. make mission. And then we say, you know what? Hey, and this, I'll be honest, my wife said this to me last month. She was like, you know what? We made mission. And then the night we made mission, we went out and we uh, did some axe throwing. And my wife said, you know, 
y'all made mission, but so did your families. Yep. You know, and, and she was like, but you guys went out, you know, th through axes, but didn't come home. And then y'all had to work the next day. And she was like, so why didn't you guys come? You know, and I was like, you know what? You're right. But the reason why I bring this up is because if you don't sell it, because what happens is that it then becomes this rolling ball effect. Yeah. And then you, you, if you don't appreciate and understand what it is to be a winning team, then you're going to miss again. Yeah. Because then Marines in your RSS and in the office, they say, wait a minute, we made mission and we still worked six days a week. Right. We didn't make mission and we still worked six days a week. Why are, besides so, the fact that it costs, you know, besides the fact that Marines make mission, right? I'm not saying we don't because not everybody has that mentality, but eventually some Marines are going to be like, wait a minute, no matter what I do, I still work a lot. Right. And that takes into account the culture that we're so talking about. I want to hit on what I want to hit on what you said about the, the small victories, you know, because what, what was extremely important for me at every office I ran, but specifically for a lot of because, you know, at Margate, like, you know, it, it was a vibe. It was good. It was a great office. I love those guys. Like that was my family. I was recruited with them for most, for most of them. Uh, but when I went to Fort Lauderdale, you know, like at first it was, but that became home to me, you know, and th that team there, that team, like those, I never seen people fight the way they fought, you know, and like, oh my God, like it drove me. And actually, it kept me in the Marine Corps. I was getting out, and that kept me in. Like, those guys made me become a 12. And so, you know, ultimately, those win we, we did it as a family. Everything was a family. I was like, look, like, you had a bad day. You had a bad day. But this guy, the stats around here, he had two interviews today, and one of those kids became an NWA. So I want you to think about, did the office have a good day? Because the office, office had a good day. And if we always Amen. are striving toward the office having a good day, the I had a board on the wall. It didn't say like, oh, like, you know, here's all. It, it, you know what it said? It said zero to make 10. Because if our missions are nine, eight, 10, like they're big missions at these one and fives down here. And it's like zero to make 10. That's what it said. It didn't say whose NWA it was. It didn't say who. It said zero to make 10. It, once we pick up the NWA, the zero changes to a one. That's how it works. And so you guys bring me the freaking NWAs. I pick them up, schedule them. We work them together. Yep. And, you know, every single month, Every single month I was in that office, that became one of the number one offices in this RS. And it's it, that was that was such a special, spectacular yeah. moment uh, for those Marines. Yeah. Because, you know, it was a yeah. beautiful thing. It was beautiful yeah. to see it. Especially to, from, from coming from nothing, from coming right. from Marines that see zero and zero and zero. And they see and, and it's not because they're not working. It, it, you know, and it's, you know, there's a lot of things that play into this. And again, this isn't one specific RSS or RS. It's, it happens across Micric. But the, the biggest thing is, is that like when you are focusing on the negative and, you know, like, bro, you make phase line for the first time ever. You're like, yo, that's a win. You yeah, make man. phase line for the for two months in a row. Yeah, like man. these are little things, because the thing is, is that. Those offices that have been struggling for six months, because there's a lot of them out there. Like I talk to guys all the time, and they're like, dude, like we haven't made it in four months. We haven't made it in five months. We haven't made it in six months. And but the but what sucks is that that's what they're focused on. They're focused on how many months they've missed and not about okay, what are we gonna do to make it? And and again, it's like, what are you not changing? And I'm telling yeah. you, in my mind, it's the culture. It's yeah. hard to want to win 
in a culture that's so negative. You know whose fault that is? It's the station commander. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, hundred percent. So like, hundred like, percent. I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. Like, I'm, I'm tough on station commanders because I truly like you're, you. That is such a impactful, such a, a powerful leadership. Like, I would say the only thing I can't imagine, but I would imagine that the, I would, if I could imagine, I would imagine that the only thing that would compare to that is having a fire team in a shit fucking storm in, yeah. in a bullshit storm, but, but right? here's the thing five man. guys man that look up to you yeah you're their primary trainer you're and everything I, they got and i think that's the problem i i think that's the problem is that back in the day and again this i'm this i don't know from every experience but i see it a lot and i've heard it a lot throughout the podcast i think that's the problem is i think that there's people out there who don't understand that they don't understand the power that they have as a station commander they're the ones like you literally approve where it says non-working day you approve that right in the system you approve a marine on leave you approve this you're the one who's and like you said you're the marine that is training them so when this marine has zero appointments on the month and you're mad at him. No, you should be mad at you. Yes. Because you're the subject matter expert in that office who right. is who is in charge of that Marine's training log. And if that Marine has no interviews and no NWAs, well, then whose fault is that? Right. If that Marine has had didn't make his his objectives the day, whose fault is that? Right. If the Marine, you know, and again, this is all in t- inside of the culture. Right. If you're not doing in briefs, if you're not doing out briefs, if you're not doing all of these things, and listen, I'm not saying that I was the perfect station commander. I'm not saying that I did all of these things. I'm not saying that. But the one thing that always pissed me off about being at the table when I was at the table is that when Marine, when station commanders would miss mission, they would immediately say, oh, well, my recruiter this, my recruiter this. Wish and they'd say, oh, well, this recruiter this and this recruiter this. And I would look, I would be like, bro, no, stop. Because in the Fleet Marine Corps, do you say, my sergeant this? No, you take ownership, you take accountability, you say, I fucked up, sir. Jocko Willis, right? It. Extreme ownership. If you yeah. haven't read the book, and read that's, it. But, and that's what it is, though, is that, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, there's others also, like, and you, you learn this and say, uh, at, when you go to become a station commander, you learn about bridging the gap. You learn about all these different things, right? You are MC4. Yeah. But also, at the same time, like, as a station commander, you and people forget this part. You are a commander. Yep. That you is the are billet a, of a commander. It's the billet of a captain. Yeah. Just for people who so like, like, So you literally have the ability to say no. Right. Like, we're not going to do that. Like and and think about it. What do we have to look at? We are every all of the intent is what to make the CO's mission. Okay, so if everything that I'm doing aligns with me doing that, then don't you think that sometimes it's gonna be? You know what? I know you want us to be at this place, but my guys they got to go home and get some sleep. He's gonna meps run at five thirty in the morning. I got to take care of my guys. And sometimes the answer just has to be no. Hey, if that... somebody if somebody called my old CEO right now and asked him about how many times I called him and and, and not necessarily asked, but like because we were winning. Like when you're a winning station, you don't really ask for things. You kind of just tell things, right? Yeah. 
I'm like, hey, sir, like, uh, my guys are working real hard. Uh, I'm thinking about giving a Monday off. What do you think about that? You know, and like that, that's a, that was a normal thing, right? Like yeah. these guys, they, you know, or they did come in for something extra. Like I gave them that comp time, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so just, just not to hone too much on this. And I know the podcast has been going for a while, but I do want to let it be known that as those station commanders out there, like I love you guys, man, but like just own, own your shit. Like yeah. Own it, man. Yeah. Like own it. Make that place your fucking, that is your baby. That is your yeah. shit. And yeah. so, you know, those Marines, they need you. And, they they need to have somebody there that is like you know when when that when when my offices were doing well or excuse me i'll say when they were doing badly or poorly i'll say you know or like we you know we're making mission i I never missed it but like if we were doing poorly i was the last one out of the office i was the first one in the office like i'm there all day all night like i'm there and so but like once we start doing well like you know yeah take your liberties you know hey guys i'm getting out of here like let me know if you need something at 6 30 or whatever but be there, be present. But and that's it. a and that's that's where we're at. We'll end it. Um, but that's a huge part of it, man. How many station commanders in the offices that are failing right now? Look at the training jacket. What training are these Marines receiving daily? Yep. And then are the station commanders actually at work? Yep. And that's and that's just me being real. Like I yo, I'm just being real. As someone who was a station commander, um, and someone who's now a recate. Um, you know, I'm telling you that a lot of the times it's just simply that these Marines are expected to do this job. They graduate BRC, they go right to par training, and then they're expected to write a two. And it's like, dude, they don't know what life is like. They don't even know there's, they, they have a bike with the, they're, they're, they have training wheels on right now, bro. And, and you just took the training wheels, ripped them off and just rolled them down a hill. And you're expecting them to make it happen. And when they don't bring anything back to the office because you're in a knife fight, you're mad at them. But if you look at the training log and you ask them, hey, man, what do you need from me? And then they look at you like this and they're like, dude, I, I don't even know. Yeah, that's the problem. That's yeah, no 100 percent. You know, I'll and, say this and, 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 and that'll be it. You know, um, I think that. I think that every Marine that is that is out here on recruit duty, I think that every Marine who's ever been in the Marine Corps, at least hopefully, I think, they don't want to lose. Like, they, they don't want to lose. There's no Marine here in on this duty that is, like, saying, hey, I'm going to wake up today and just choose, like, chaos and just not, you know, put in the effort. And I'm letting, I'm letting you know right now that, you know, the number one thing that you can do on these streets, the number one thing that you can do is just fight, right? It's just fight and demand things. Demand it from your station commander. Station commanders demand it from your command. You know, demand it from your ARIs, demand it from your RI, like, like get training, get that thing. Like, if you're not getting that, like, do something about that. Like, educate yourself, yes. go out there, read yes. books, read it, yeah. like, check out well, the stuff, buy, buy the sales program, yeah. like, go the extra mile yeah. and just put in 100% every single day and yeah. then stop using the phone after 8 o'clock. Yeah. No one's answering anymore. Bro, <laughs> I would even say 6, dog. It's like, yo, six I don't know, man. Seven, six seven, then, 7, then. Let's call, let's like, call I feel like I feel like there should be a Micric freaking order. No phone call. Like, Chris should not allow you to put a TC in after, seven, like, 1931. 8, 8, like, 8 p.m. is my line, man, because after 8 p.m., like, that was it's creepy, rude. bro. But um, but no. One thing I do want to say, definitely, um, on that last point, like you just said, is that, and I find that, and I always say this, and I've been saying this for for years, in the Fleet Marine Corps, if you 
weren't receiving the training that you needed in order to be good at your MOS, you would say something. Yeah. But why is it that recruiters will glad will won't say nothing? They won't get a lick of training. They won't get a lick of nothing. And then their stational commander will come up SRI next week. Hey, everybody go in your training log, click yep. it, say it, sign, sign it, it, sign it, sign yep. it. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, freeze, zero. Like, yo, y'all, listen, if you're not getting the training that you need to be successful, remember, it's your APR. Those are your mission letters. It's your fit rep that's going to either be derogatory or commendatory. And it's your career. So if you're not getting the training that you need to become above substandard, then you're failing yourself. And you need to go and confront somebody and be like, hey, I need training. And this is where I'm messed up. Identify your shortfalls, ha- hold yourself accountable, and and be like, hey, I, I need help here. Because I hate being the guy who's like, hey, man, how can I help you? Hey, man, how can I help you? And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. Bro, you've had zero appointments this whole month. But uh, yeah, but I'm good. Okay. Like, I'm man, a wrecking dog. I want you to remember remember what I said earlier, man. There's a reason why I created that IG, man. Mm. Right? It's for the Marine recruiter. So like, you need something, just... Hey, if you have a, a suggestion, something you want to learn about, if I don't know, I won't post it. But if you want to know something and I think I know it, I'll post it. Like, add it, comment, leave a DM, right? I'm yeah. here for you. All right. Well, hey, thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it. We need more ARI 8412s like you, sir. Um, hopefully that. one of these days, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll have my own Bennett mindset. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for ha- coming back on. We'll do another episode soon and uh, have a great night. Absolutely, Dave.